The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. I am very lucky because I get to sit down now and have a conversation with Phil Rosenthal, who would never describe himself as a cool guy, but I sure think he is. After all, he was the creator, writer, and showrunner of the sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond, starring Ray Romano, which ran for nine great seasons on CBS. And for the past several years, Phil has hosted the travel and food show called Somebody Feed Phil, where he goes all over the globe to find these great out-of-the-way spots. Season six is now running on Netflix, as are the other five, as I've got Phil Rosenthal on the line right now from Los Angeles. Jim! Phil, welcome back to the show. Always love talking to you as someone who has seen every episode of Somebody Feed Phil. I've always thought that as great as the food looks and you enjoy it very much, it's my opinion that the show is about the joy of travel and making new friends and going to new places, yeah? I am so glad you feel that way because that's exactly how I feel. You know, like when when I did Everybody Loves Raymond, we had to have jokes obviously and people of course watch a sitcom to laugh but we found that if we at least covered that we could get any message we wanted into the show and so even everybody loves raymond really wasn't about just laughing there were there were real there was real thought behind it about love and family and just as my show now isn't really about food. It's about connecting with people. And and I think the world would be better if we all could experience a little bit of other people's experiences. So you're you're right on the money. Really is about how travel makes the world better. And people sure light up when they see you too when you're on these different locations. You've become close to a lot of those mom and pop businesses with all these episodes. They make the world go round. That's right. So you must have become very concerned when COVID shut down a lot of those places. It must have just been heartbreaking for you. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it was, it was amazing to me though, how so many restaurants pivoted so quickly and made their side business take out and delivery their main business because they had to. And some of them really thrived. Of course, we lost a lot of restaurants, too. And now that COVID seems to be at least subsiding a bit, we need to support our local restaurants. Don't go to the big, fancy, expensive ones that, that are on the corporate uh, you know, uh, credit card. Go to the mom-and-pop places, the diners, the ethnic restaurants, the restaurants that you know are make up the fabric of our lives. It's where we socialize. It's where if you and I were going to meet, we'd probably meet in an independently owned restaurant because those are the best ones. Yeah, they are. And this season, which is out now, you travel to places like Nashville, Santiago, Croatia. What were you expecting? What were you expecting to see in Croatia? And what did you see? Is it similar to, is the food like Italy? I'll tell you something. I, when I heard the word Croatia, of course, I flash on the news from 30 years ago that yeah. this was a war-torn country, former right. Yugoslavia. How nice is that going to be? Yeah. Well, there's no sign of war there now. It is absolutely spectacular. And Italy was the first thing that came to mind when I got there. 
that's really what it reminded me of. By the way, it's right across the Adriatic, right? Which is not a giant sea. You can even see Italy from parts of Croatia, (laughs) right? So it is where Western and Eastern Europe meet. So you get the best of both worlds. And it's about half the price in many places from a European vacation. So I recommend this, especially to young people who may not have a lot of money to travel. This is a great place to start. And when you see the episode, you'll see why. I love that your family has been so involved in the show from your brother and wife and kids and and your late parents. It it really makes the show special to me because you bring them into these episodes. Your brother Richard especially is very funny. (laughs) I don't think he's so funny. He thinks (laughs) it's funny when I get hurt. He thinks that's funny. So he he makes me go sea diving for for urchins, and and, uh, I did that in Croatia, actually, and they gave me these protective gloves, and I picked up my first urchin, and the spikes went right through the glove. And Richard loved that, right? (laughs) Richard thinks that's hilarious. And as soon as the nurse was done pulling out the the almost microscopic needles out of my hand, he said, all right, put the gloves on and get back in. I saw you on Colbert the other night. You were talking about the time that you got to meet Johnny Carson for lunch. And you got got to take a friend with you, and that friend was Ray Romano. How great was this? And what year was that? I'm going to say the year 2000. Okay. Yeah. So we were right in the middle of doing the show, and when Johnny Carson invited me for lunch, he had seen this video I made with uh, the then president of the United States, Bill Clinton, that was at the White House Correspondence Dinner, and he invited me to lunch. And I thought, wow, Johnny Carson, I said, that, that you know, he's the king. But to a stand-up comedian like Ray Romano or any other comedian, Johnny Carson is God. And so I thought, I gotta, I gotta bring Ray. I gotta bring Ray, because I wouldn't have gotten the gig, you know, directing the President of the United States in the video, if not for being with uh, Raymond on Everybody Loves Raymond. So. I think I had to I had to bring him. I really wanted to and and he really he was so happy. We were both like little kids meeting Santa Claus. We were so happy. 2 I, hours we got to spend with Johnny. And to, in the year 2000 had been off the air for 8 years and no one had seen him. He pretty much disappeared once he was done with his show. Right, right. He didn't do a lot of guest spots on any maybe came on Letterman one time, but that was it. So no one had seen him, and he looked fantastic. And he was great. He was just great. I'll never forget it. Um, I also saw you on Celebrity Wheel of Fortune uh, recently. How, yes. sur- how surreal was that? Because everyone seemed a little nervous, but you ended up winning this thing that night. You know, I have to tell you, surreal is the, the exact right word. <laughs> it's, it's almost like you, you know a show from childhood, practically, and it's like a portal has opened, and now you're in that show. Yeah, spinning the spinning the wheel. It's so odd. I was nervous because you know you don't want to be an idiot, but uh, I guess I got lucky. Yeah, no, you did very well, and it must have just seemed like it was an SNL sketch or something like that. As you're it sitting does. there, it really does. 
I mean, you're talking to Vanna White and Pat Sajak. It's so, <laughs> it is surreal. Tell me about that time that you were backstage. You went to see your hero, Bruce Springsteen, and a, mutu- <laughs> a mutual friend, Rob Lowe, introduces you to Springsteen as the creator of yes. Everybody Loves Raymond. And what does Springsteen yes. say to you? He said, uh, Rob goes, uh, he pulled me over. I didn't. I didn't want to be dragged over this way. I knew I, another friend was supposed to introduce me to him, and it was going to be proper. But Rob was so excited. He goes, "Bruce, this is my friend Phil. He created Everybody Loves Raymond." And Bruce Springsteen says, "What's that?" <laughs> and I looked at Rob as if to say, "Gee, thanks, Rob. This is exactly how I dreamed it would go." <laughs> Probably how Rob <laughs> dreamed it would go too, which is why he did that to you. <laughs> Uh, incredible. I'm such a big fan of you and the show. And by the way, you're such a great writer. Is there anything, any thoughts about doing another sitcom one of these days? Always, always. I'm always having ideas. I don't know if anybody wants them, but you know, right now, somebody feed Phil, the sixth season is out. I'd be an idiot if I wanted that to end. So I hope everybody watches. In fact, if you, if you binge it, Apparently, this makes a difference to Netflix. The more people that watch the show in a short amount of time is something that they actually look for. I didn't even know that. Interesting. But if you want to help the show, that's the way to do it. I didn't know that, you know, binging was part of the analytics on this whole thing, but that's good to know. I think it is. Um, I don't want people to watch them back to back. I think one a night this week would be fine. I always feel so good after watching an episode of Somebody Feed Phil. It's out on Netflix now. And Somebody Feed Phil, the book, is out now, yes. too. Look for it at yes. Bar- barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com and wherever you get your books. Phil, always a pleasure. Stay well, my friend. You, too. Lovely talking to you. Thank you. Phil's book sounds really good because it has 60 recipes from the show, as well as behind-the-scenes photos and lively anecdotes. By the way, Phil also runs Somebody Feed the People, a philanthropic initiative of the Rosenthal Family Foundation that supports community building through food, partnering with organizations that find solutions to food insecurity. Well, that finishes this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.